Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and a place where we delve into all sorts of improv topics. Now this week, it's a continuation of last week's episode, so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I suggest that you go back and listen to episode 52 because this is a Viola Spolin special with Max Schaefer and it's basically one interview that I did split into two. This is part two of the interview and part one was on last week's episode. So... Uh, if you did listen last week, then I am excited to bring the second part of this chat to you. And do you know what? Even if you didn't hear the first part of this chat, you can hear the second part and then go back and hear the first part. How you listen to it, it's completely up to you. But whichever way you listen to it, I hope you enjoy it. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We're even available on Amazon Podcasts, which means you can ask Alexa to play the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show and give us a boost to help get our name out there. And that also works on Spotify these days because they're asking for um, the same sort of thing now. You can rate and review on there, so please do that if you do listen on Spotify, which I know some of you do. And now it's time to go off script and continue finding out all about Viola Spolin with Max Schaefer. And I think you mentioned it a bit earlier, but there is this supportive network, particularly here in the UK, but it does spread across the world a bit as well, because, uh, you know, I've worked with some great improvisers from across the world during the pandemic. But I think yes. improv in general, it, it celebrates each other. It doesn't just say, oh, yes, we are an improv school, but you can only work with us. You know, people will actively say, you know, if you go to one place, oh, you should try this other place. I think you'd really fit in there, like your style, give them a try. And there's no sort of elitism. It's not like, well, I've been doing this for 17 years, so I'm better than you, so you should step aside. Because, <laughs> yes. Um, LCI. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Emma Bird, I'd been, I'd been at LCI for about seven weeks. That was my first sort of introduction to improv and Emma was putting on a show and she let me be in the show. I'd been doing it for seven weeks and I was like, wow, she's just said, yeah, I'm good enough to just go and do a show. And I thought that was incredible. I, I don't think there's many sort of communities that would be like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. For example, when I was at the British Improv Movement, they kept talking about Emma Bird and all these other theaters theaters uh systems and emma brought me in to do a workshop a spolen workshop in liverpool and the nursery allowed me to do a spolen workshop with for them so yeah it was that sense of we're all together we can all learn from each other it's <laughs> so great <laughs> yeah, but also uh, you know I, I was all over europe and man turkey i was in a university i can't say the name <laughs> the university in turkey where uh, you you know I had all these preconceptions about you know what what is Turkey because you only see Turkey in old films where people <laughs> have these sieves and things yeah but no this is and they were brilliant over there they were some of the best improvisers wow. ever so there and then all over Europe too so my plan next year is to do a European tour I'm bringing I mentioned when I first started college. I, I had a professor, Robert Moyer. I'm bringing him with me this time. Oh, 
<laughs> and we're going to do a tour of Germany and hopefully they'll allow me back in UK. Awesome. Yeah, um, you'd definitely be welcome. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. <laughs> now, <laughs> that tour that you mentioned, you sort of went on a bit of a world tour. How did you arrange that, particularly during uh, what is quite a difficult period of, of travel? Yes, it snowballed. It started with uh, I, I was going to take this workshop in, uh, at the nursery. They do the uh, little conference thing, a little workshop thing over uh, three or four days. So I started there. Then I talked to Emma. I said, well, I'm going to be in uh, <laughs> England, uh, you know. So I talked to her. And she said, yeah, come and join us. And then my friend Wakar in, in Ireland, he, he set up some workshops for me. So it started snowballing. And then Turkey, uh, they wanted me there. Uh, uh, the, uh, you know, I worked with teachers uh, in, at, you know, that do um, musical theater and, and classroom teaching. So I did workshops there. And it just kind of snowballed. So now next time we'll, we'll, we're going to go to Germany and Switzerland. And uh, it's just great, you know, reaching across the world. So let's yeah. talk a bit about your journey into improv yourself. So how did it actually start that you got into improv? Uh, yes. Well, um, I think, you know, I think it was that first year in college where I, I uh, worked with that. My first class was theater games with Robert Moyer and it was a group, a class that had like 70 students. It was so large we had to do it outside. And um, he had worked with Viola or no, actually, yeah, he'd worked with Paul Sills um, and and he was writing to Viola and he was doing these games. And I still remember I was doing a game called um, Difficulty with Small Objects. And I'd reach into my pocket and pulled out this invisible comb, started combing my hair, and it kind of gets stuck in my hair. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that's the wonderful thing about improv is that you do a scene and they're just treasures of memories that you do a great scene. And it's just, you, you know, now at my age, I can sit back and think about all these great scenes I did and who I played with. They're just they're just precious moments yeah. and then um you know then i said we, we went out to work with viola yeah. did those shows with her and then i got to uh when i got uh i actually became a classroom teacher uh i just retired but uh i worked with uh i moved to los angeles to work with uh, more with viola and then work with uh paul sills so Vi one day viola said uh, hey, my son's coming to Los Angeles and he's going to be playing some games with my some with his friends. And I didn't know what that mean. Like, is who, who her son was, and uh, he's going to play like basketball games or whatever, what kind of games. So I I did not know what what she was talking about. But I saw I I actually went to the very first show of Sills and Company. Um, which was in this very small theater off of uh, Beverly Boulevard in Los Angeles, where they had people like Valerie Harper, Louis Arquette, uh, Avery Shriver, Dick Shaw, just the very best improv improvisers in the world uh, that had were original Second City people. And I saw this show in this 99 seat theater. I thought, 
at that time, this is the best theater I've ever seen and probably am ever going to see in my life. I knew it then. So I, I used to go every week to see these shows. The, and every show was different, right? Because it's improvisation. Yeah. But got to see the very best. And Viola had a special seat right in the back where she would watch every show. And after every show, she'd be sitting with Paul and, and they'd be whispering and talking about the show with each other. So, uh, you know, most people don't know that Paul Sills was really a collaborator. He would not admit to write, you know, to being, you know, she, he, she gave Viola all, he gave Viola all the credit, but they were like in real cahoots <laughs> with each other. Okay. So, oh, and then the little, their, their, their grand, their children, Paul's children were always sitting in the front row. So people like Neva, Neva Sills and Aretha Sills, they'd be right in the front. And now she's teaching in less, uh, well, actually she's in Wisconsin now, teaching Spolin. Awesome. So when yeah. it was sort of originally created by Viola, was, was there an intention for the comedy element? Or was that something that just sort of naturally came afterwards? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, no, she was interested in uh, the pure form of what is improvisation, almost like a scientist. You know, what what are the elements? Uh, you know, she she if you look at the book, you see there's nothing about how to be funny. Now, Paul Sills, on the other hand, when you start mm -hmm. Second City and you're performing for an audience, you have to deliver. Right. So one of his famous phrases is he tells somebody. Uh, uh, I want you to do something wonderful and I want it right away. <laughs> and that became a, 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 the name of a book by Jeffrey Sweet, something wonderful right away. Cause he was like in really into the performing aspect. So, and he was working with people from the university of Chicago, uh, Chicago, or, or was it Northwestern university, really brilliant people like Severn Darden. And they, you know, they, they were funny people. And, uh, but the idea of, of improvisation is that if you you're not going for the joke he, he would paul would if you saw somebody doing a joke on stage uh no <laughs> you know because jokes are like okay you're kind of denying the other player and you're going directly to the audience and it's uh, improvisation is about connection and if you're into real in a real uh, uh a real scene where you're interacting and playing with each other it's just naturally going to be funny you know, yeah. just, there's just no way you can avoid that. So, yeah, uh, the the idea is that the humor always comes out of the situation. And I'm sure you know that when you do improvisation and you, and you see that the most funny things are happening. Well, in movies and TV shows, it's everywhere. You, yeah, you just yeah. See relationships. Yeah. And I think the relationship thing is what really stands out to me, because to me, for a long time, improv was just whose line is it anyway sort of thing and it was just funny and you know everything was a joke but when i discovered sort of long form improv and the real power behind these complete sort of plays improvised that you would swear were rehearsed and the skill involved I was, yeah. you know, my mind is still blown by the, the art of improv when it's like that. Right. You, well, that's what, uh, it, you see this brilliant, this magic of the theater come out that it's like, 
it's just magical. And, you know, Viola knew that, that when you get to that pure improvisational stage, you know, she, she would believe that it would tap into a person's genius, that you really go beyond your normal self and just go to a more heightened brilliance that only comes out um, through, through that improvisation, through that sense of play. And, you, and I've seen it, especially with yeah. space objects. Where <laughs> this, the, I, I, a good friend of mine was Dick Shaw, who's considered a master of space. He would do space objects where you could see, you could actually see the texture of the objects that he had in his hand, and and the detail and the uh, you know just everything came alive, and you you would you actually see the colors of the object, and and it'll be in your memory for years, and it's all <laughs> invisible. It's like what. Um, a couple of months ago, I had the pleasure of watching a show by Ostentatious. Are you aware of them? No, no, tell so, me. What's so the... they are a, a pretty big improv group here in the UK, and they they have a show in the West End, but uh, they've been taking it on tour. And basically, they do a sort of Jane Austen-inspired improv show. It's like a full hour and a half, and they get the audience to give them a suggestion so the suggestion they went with the show that i saw was a very groovy christmas and then they, they just made this complete sort of jane austen style show off that random suggestion and it was incredible oh yeah i saw it when i was in london i saw it advertised i wish i got to see that <laughs> oh my god next time next time and there was even another show that that was coming out um uh I forgot the name of it, um, but I think it had some people from the nursery in it. That, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, so you mentioned that you were a teacher, right? Yes. I I am a primary school teacher, and I find like improv comes in handy in everyday life <laughs> in my job um, more than people would realize. Uh, did you feel that when you were in that role as well? Yes, yes. What what ages do you work with? I predominantly work with nine and ten year olds. That's what I did. That's yeah. what I did for about twenty years or so, twenty or thirty years. Great age, especially for for performing on stage. Yes, uh, all that work. I. Every day was in my classroom. The, 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 all the concepts of rather than teaching them, you know, having them looking for ways to play games, which allow them to explore and discover on their own, um, or just chance to play some of the spoiling games in the classroom was yeah. great. But you know, but even for myself, you know, um, it, it just for somebody that was I, I was mentioning very tongue-tied. When I was younger, it allowed me to uh, learn how to actually have conversations with people, because <laughs> actually there were some games that are specifically about, well, how do you have a conversation? <laughs> For me, that was hard. You know, if you're if you're a shy person, you yeah. and you're in a party, how do you talk to people? So in your personal life, using improvisation, using some of the games, um, really, really are important. And I sometimes I, when I lead a workshop, I say, well, what is the most important game? You know, and this is a matter of opinion, so there's no right or wrong answer. But for me, it's mirror. 
because Mirror is so it's it's the one game it's the game that is universal for everybody in the world even for babies because that's the first game they play <laughs> with yeah. their mother right yeah, yeah. it's a little mirror game and the idea of with mirror and when you're doing mirror uh especially whenever i do it with a somebody i've just met and we go into follow the follower which is a a, a concept of spawn where no one's the leader or the uh, mirror, but you're both reflecting and initiating at the same time. Yeah. If you yeah. really get into that, by the end of that game, you feel like you know that person better than you know your own family <laughs> members. You know everything about that person, and it's it's magical. So there's certain, certain games that are so essential to to connecting with people, but mirror, that's... That's a great, and that's one that, you know, I'll tell people, especially if you're in an ensemble, do five or 10 minutes of that every day, and you're automatically going to be a better, a better group. Well, what was, what was really interesting for me was, so I was at your Liverpool Comedy Improv uh, session back in October, November, and I was there with my partner, who was also an improviser, and we met through improv. And Mm -hmm. what's his name? uh, She is called Seki. She, who, who's Seki? So, so Seki is my uh, my yeah. girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember her. Okay. Yeah. Seki. Okay. Um. So she's from the Philippines originally, but she lives well. She lives in North yeah. Wales with yeah. me now. And in that exercise, you were just talking about where no one is the leader, but someone is always the leader. Um. We actually ended up being partnered together for that. <laughs> Just just by chance, because just the way you, it was all randomly chosen and we were together. And yeah, it was it was a really good exercise for us to do. We had done similar things online, but to just be there and just right in front of each other and staring at each other and, and doing that activity, I think it did really help us sort of bond even more as improvisers together. Oh, you felt like you knew her a little bit better in a way yeah. that you hadn't connected before. Great. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And we are in the so same. So there's so many. Oh, sorry, we're in the same improv troupe, and a lot of our troupe were there that night as well. So like little things like that, you know, it just helps us grow as a troupe. That's great and wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I know you're doing some great things over there, and you had. I think I met somebody who's actually leading another group, there. and you have you have more than one group there, from what I understand. Oh or, yes, so uh, Liverpool, Liverpool Comedy Improv itself has a group called boss birds uh which is an all-female group and like the talent in that is immense like emma bird is in that and, and uh, jen hardy cat cook angela langley there's there's loads of just awesome improvisers in this group and that's sort of growing more and more as well and then there is a group called broken chair and they formed through liverpool comedy improv they were going to sessions together and then Emma said hey you're like you guys you should just carry on as a troupe and then my group came along and we actually formed through the pandemic so we were just doing the (laughs) online sessions together and we love short form so whereas the boss birds and broken chair they're more sort of long form form groups my group the oikas we are just a short form group (laughs) we just love the silly games and um, yeah yeah, so well, that's what I'm talking about. Is it's just exploding out there, and just in Liverpool alone, which I was one of the joys of coming out there. It was just a, great to meet all you people. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I've said this many times, but I just love the idea that, yes, we can go to LCI, but then it's like Emma has just sort of said, well, you guys are actually just good enough to just be your own group, just to just be a group. We're yeah. still part of the LCI family, um, <laughs> but we are just off doing our own things and we get invited back to do shows and things. And it's just, it's just incredible. And it doesn't matter whatever else is going on in life. I know that my LCI family are there for me and I can go to drop-ins or go and see shows or just go to any events with these people. And they're going to put a smile on my face. That that's it. You know, that alone is worth it. Right. Just to, just to have that little fun in your, in your daily mundane week. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> now with your world tour, something I wanted to ask about, because something that has really stuck out to me with this world um, coming together through improv during the pandemic is obviously there's lots of cultures and you mentioned the cultures before and it's, it's great. But at the same time, it becomes a bit nervy at times because there are certain things that might be quite offensive in some cultures that aren't offensive in other cultures. So I have found this a real sort of steep learning curve as to what is universally acceptable in improv. Yeah. Well, for me, it's uh, accents. I love doing accents, especially English accents, but I have to be very careful. For example, my wife is Japanese, so I love to do a, a Japanese accent. And I'm always very careful that when I do an accent, to not say anything that would be, uh, you know, th that would not be respectful of the culture. You know, I just, yeah. I just love the sound of it, but not do in any way being disrespectful. So, for example, Japanese, my, my, I, you know, my daughter says, "Don't ever do that," <laughs> <laughs> because even though I was being, like, the character was very noble. You know, I wasn't yeah. doing anything offensive. It just sounded a little offensive. So, you know, you just have to be careful that even if you're, you know that you're not trying to be offensive. Yeah, I get that. Because I'm an accent guy myself. I love playing with accents. And to me, to not do an accent, it kind of singles it out more. But there are certain accents that I can do and it's perfectly acceptable. And there are others that I know would be sort of frowned upon and and. I would never want to cause offense when all I want to do is try and mimic a, a character and create this character. Yes. And it's something about the musicality, especially for, for English accents. That's why I love it. It all it just sounds like music to my ears. I and mean, you just, you just, uh, you just, you just, well, you know, when I was in, I did a scene in, when I was in England at the, um, the, the British improv, uh, no, it was uh, the nursery retreat. And I was talking, I, I was saying, oh, we need to break out of this jail. <laughs> and the other character was saying, well, yeah, we do. But uh, where are you from? I've never heard. Of <laughs> and I said, I'm from America, but I like to talk in funny accents. <laughs> and it broke up the uh, it broke up the audience. They just loved it. Yeah. And I, I just think accents are a great route into a character sometimes. Let's say you. Yeah, you're in a scene and you're void of all other ideas, but all of a sudden you're like, well, at least I, I've got an accent I can play with and, and, and that'll start me off. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Good. Good. Well, uh, let me talk, if you don't mind, uh, I, I'm so excited about the future and what I'm going to do in a couple months. I've, okay. I've got an opportunity to work in um, uh, a, a university called Dillard University in New Orleans. 
which is a, a, a great institution where they're going to have me come in as a guest artist to develop improvisation in a new way. And we're looking at applying Spolen games for music, for dance, and to apply it to the classroom in a way that's never been done before. Usually I've been teaching it to theater teachers, but the idea of taking these games and applying it to the other classrooms, like the English, the literature classrooms, the science classrooms, and to show them how they can apply the games without it specifically being, okay, we're going to do theater in science, but just to take some of the concepts that they're teaching and applying some of the Spolin games and philosophies just as a way to enhance and bring out and create a deeper understanding of these concepts. For example, uh, a story like Cinderella or you know a, a novel that you're working on, to take a passage of it and say, okay, we're going to play this game on this particular passage to illustrate uh, what life might be like at that time. And to use a specific game like Explore and Heighten, where you don't need to know theater. You can just have them explore different elements of that passage. But using Spolin and using those techniques in a way that, uh, you know, from this book, Theater Games for Rehearsal, where you apply those games to scripts, applying it to literature, to, to, uh, to creating, to taking that literature and turning them into scripts. Or to, uh, again, to, to play traditional Spolin games um, and then just adding, okay, instead of doing it this way, we're going to sing it. Uh, or traditional games, you know, to take yeah. uh, games, uh, you know, um, you know, just regular games like word games and say, okay, we're going to turn that into a singing game. So uh, new new directions for improv. Improvisation is always evolving and changing. And what better way to do it with games that you know work and just adapting them to, to mm -hmm. those things. So hopefully awesome. we'll be sharing those with the world. Yeah, and I'm excited exciting. about that. Yeah. <laughs> now, when I came to the session with you at LCI, you gifted me with a book because I'm a oh, teacher. Okay. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I put a lot of effort. I, I read through a book, and what really stuck, stood out to me is it's basically a, a book of sort of children's games. And I love when I was reading, I was like, wow, these are sort of American school children games, and there are so many of them that our children play here and it makes you realize just how similar we actually are as people even though we're all so very different you're right right uh, all the games in that book are wonderful <laughs> yeah 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 and as a sort of a culture there's lots of things that are different about america and, and the uk and lots of other countries but to just be know that oh yeah a lot of what we do as children is the same I was in Nepal a few years ago, um, setting up a project for my school to be linked with the school in Nepal, and that was really awesome. And what really stood out to me there was, yeah, these children have got a very different life to the children that I'm working with, but they're still playing the same sort of playground games that we play over here. And I was just like, there are some things that are just simply universal, and they're all centered around fun and just sort of spoiling games, I guess. Uh, yeah, exactly. Especially with children, right? They they whatever culture you go in, 
you know, they all kind of love the same games. There's there's a universal universality with children that just makes it accessible. You know, and yeah. things like tag, you know, and and the sad thing is, you know, there's some people have stopped playing a lot of these, especially children nine or ten years old stop playing a lot of these games maybe not in your classroom but in america games like tag traditional tag have been banned yeah because they can't play it anymore without hurting each other they've gotten so far away from uh uh from doing actual act outdoor interactive social things yeah. and, and doing indoor computer stuff that this, the, the, the whole social element that children are begging to get back to, uh, they're, they're craving the, the need to, especially with the pandemic, right? They can't touch each other. They can't hug each yeah. other anymore. It's, it's such a sad state. And the one thing that improvisation or sporting can really uh, bring to these children is a sense of, okay, let's bring a little play and social ability which is becoming more and more scarce and more and more needed by children. Yeah. You know? I think yeah. one of the things, so tag is banned uh, in most of the schools around here. And it's, it's banned not because they're too physical, but it's banned because it just causes arguments because children don't know how to lose and they don't know how to lose well, and they take it too seriously. And um, I think that's one of the great so, things about improv is that you learn to sort of fail spectacularly and be all right with it. Yeah, I mean, what's the solution? Okay, they can't, they can't, they can't deal with it. So usually just ban it rather than using it as a teachable moment. Use it to teach, show them. Yeah, totally. Um, so I think we're going to be coming towards the end of this now, but just before we finish, do you want to advertise where people can find you, whether it's to contact you online, see what you're oh, doing? Good. Courses? good. Yes. Thank you. Uh, no, I have a Facebook page called the world Spolen network, uh, where you can find out how things that are happening in the Spolen world. Another one called the musical improv network all musical improv one called the dance improv network all on facebook um and my own personal max Schaefer. you can look me up too i'd love to friend you i i just really am keen to uh, connect with people especially all over the world so definitely through that um i think that's the main thing but yeah i'll promote be promoting my whatever's coming up in the future with the European tour and with this project in Dillard University. Um, but also, you know, um, if you're interested in more Spolin, Aretha Sills uh, teaches wonderful workshops online. So for people all over the world, and she does workshops for people in Europe and, and Asia, uh, a great resource. And she'll, she has, she's the ability to bring Spolin to, um, uh, she has, well, she has all of Paul's uh, notes and Viola's notes, so she, she's able to speak more at length and more detail and more of the philosophy of Spolin. So it's a great opportunity to work with her if you get a chance. Uh, Gary Schwartz was a protege of uh, Spolin, and he does workshops in Seattle. Um, but, you know, and I'll too, I'll do workshops online when I, when I get a chance. So those are good resources for people. Awesome. Um, yeah. 
and I can't wait to get back to Liverpool if they, if uh, at least just to see you, to see your your group, your short form group, the women's group, uh, it'd be great. I'd love to see them perform. Oh yeah, well, hopefully we can make that happen in the not too distant future. Good, good. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Max. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yes, Ian, this is great. Oh, what a thrill to chat like this and, and to see you again and say hi to uh, Seki. Yeah, Seki, I will say hi. Seki, say hi to Seki and Emma for me. Yeah. Will do. Well, thank you so much to Max once again. I really enjoyed that chat with Max and just finding out everything he knew about Viola Spolin and, you know, just the fact that he's so connected with her and her family and she's so instrumental in you know in creating this thing or having a, a large impact on um, like shaping this thing that we love this improv and just hearing him talk so passionately about her and her family and you know her legacy and just getting to know him a bit as well and finding out why it's so important that he is doing what he's doing, like championing Viola Spolin's work and keeping it alive and really keeping her name alive is very important, I think. So I really enjoyed that chat. And it's not normal that I would take an interview and, and split it into two like this because it's effectively meant that the episode is a little bit shorter each week. But it was we were talking and I normally aim for a certain sort of time frame uh, when I'm chatting and I just sort of said to myself, I felt it could go a bit long and I was happy to just let it go a bit long because uh, Viola Spolin is uh, such an instrumental person in all of our lives really. If you're listening to this, chances are uh, you've been affected by Viola Spolin in some way because of the impact she's had on improv. So I just thought, yeah, let's just, let's just ride it out and let it go a bit longer. And also, if I'm honest, it meant it gave me a great opportunity to get two for one and um, cut my schedule down into more manageable pieces because I could uh, just do the one interview but then I've got something ready to go for two weeks in a row so I hope you enjoyed it I've certainly uh, enjoyed that it's helped me in that way but I just loved the conversation I think Max is doing great things out there and if you want to connect with him at the places he said do that find him you know if he's in your country anytime soon uh, keep an eye out for that because um, you know he's keeping the work of Viola Spolin very much alive and it would be great for you to go and experience everything that he is offering and that pretty much uh, brings us to the end of this Viola Spolin special so I just want to say a big thank you for listening you know I really appreciate the continued support of the show and I love that we're continuing to grow I am super excited about some of the potential guests I have lined up and some of them I'm not going to say who they are but if they if they pay off if they come through then I am going to be a very very happy Ian indeed so watch this space I mean every guest we have is a great guest let's not <laughs> let's not say that um, any guest is better than any others but there are some um, who let's say they're harder to get and so if I can get some of these harder to get guests on then um, it'll be great for the show and great for you the listener because I am really keen to continue doing what we're doing and you know give a voice to the LCI community and I've got some great topics coming up as well where we're going to be talking about all sorts of 
uh, of improv topics with members of the LCII community. I can't even speak the LCII community. And we've also um, got new members of the LCI community that are yet to be on the show that are lined up as well. So there's lots to look forward to, and I hope you stick with us for the ride. And uh, so that's pretty much it. But if you are interested in getting into improv or are already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene, then all the info you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv and on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Live Comedy Improv. We have a Facebook page and that's one of our main places where we promote the show. We will put out a new trailer every Thursday. We'll put a, a show link on the page every Monday when the show drops and any announcements will be made on there as well. So check us out on Facebook. Just search for Liverpool Comedy Improvcast and hopefully you'll find us without any issues and you can give us a like, give us a follow and keep fully connected with the show. If you are a member of the LCI community and you'd like to be a guest on the show, then please get in touch with me or with Emma Bird and we'll make arrangements as soon as possible. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please uh, subscribe, rate, review the show because it's little things like that that really help to give us a boost and help get our name out there if you're interested in seeing what i'm up to in the world of social media then you can follow me on facebook instagram twitter and youtube just search for at ian luke jones or just ian luke jones depending on the platform and you'll find me and hopefully follow me and enjoy some of my content particularly i will push you towards my youtube channel as always because on there i've got all sorts of content uh, i do have lots of improv content on there lots from the pandemic era uh, but the one i'm really on top of right now is my weekly little moment of sunshine on a wednesday it's called humorous moment it comes to you every wednesday and it's just a silly little joke to hopefully help put a smile on your face and help get you over that midweek hump now that really is the end of this week's show thank you very much for listening i look forward to bringing you another great episode next week but before i go here are some words that are wise 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 always remember whatever the situation to treat life like improv and yes and